0: <laughs> he's like, oh, I've had a disaster. The baby's weed on the mat. What do you mean she's weed on the mat? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll be back. No worries. <laughs> the baby's weed on the changing mat. No. Oh. Ben's got weed in his t-shirt. Honestly, like the one night he's in charge, he's let the baby piss all over the place. <laughs> oh, I love it. She peed on me. She <laughs> peed with a bit of pibble on you. It's not that. No. Go and look at the mat. It's like a bloody tornado in there. <laughs> Jesus then, for fuck's sake. I know. I was like, what's that smell? And then it's just like suddenly <laughs> being drenched. What are you going to do? I'm going to clean it up. You can Don't use
1: you a t-shirt
0: to do it. I'm not using my t-shirt. I'm
1: going to anyway. use the nappy. I'm going to use the nappy. Use nappy, the nappy. Hurry up.
0: <laughs> a little bit. Hello, welcome to episode 29 of the Bookcast Club. I'm Jenny and in this episode Sarah T and I discuss arguably our favourite genre, historical fiction. We talk through not necessarily our favourite historical fiction books but perhaps ones you'll be less familiar with or perhaps challenge your assumptions on what historical fiction actually is. If you enjoy the podcast please consider supporting us on Patreon. Your support ensures that the podcast remains free for to listen to and ad-free too. To find out more, visit our Patreon page or our support page on our website. I will link both of those in the show notes. A free way of showing your support is to rate and review us on iTunes, follow and share our content on social media, and recommend us to your friends. We're at Bookcast Club on both Twitter and Instagram. You can get in touch with us with any questions, comments or ideas for future episodes on either social media or by email, thebookcastclub at Outlook.com. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, not too shabby. Sure, but you laugh when I, uh, when we do our recent and current reads, you can have a right old lol, but I'll save that. <laughs> Oh,
1: I'm, I'm excited. You're I'm though, bubbling with anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to start the episode. By the way, you're going to laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you really are. You will. You will. You and all the Ooh. listeners will know exactly what kind of person I am when I tell you what I've been reading.
1: <laughs> I'm um, but, so
0: excited. <laughs> so today's episode, though, we are concentrating on historical fiction because we both read a lot of historical fiction i hadn't quite realized that that's the genre that i enjoy the most it's one of those things that when i've looked back at the books i'm like oh yeah yeah that's historical fiction and that's historical fiction it's not necessarily if you ask me what my favorite genres were it probably isn't the first thing i would have said which is weird you might be different though i think i am
1: a big fan (laughs) (laughs) very very big fan (laughs) big fan of historical fiction. I always have been. Um and yeah, I just before we started recording actually, I was looking at my bookshelves and I did the same. I went through and I went, "Oh, yeah. Yeah. Historical oh, fiction. That's historical fiction." fiction. Yeah. <laughs> that's fiction. Yeah. Um but it's interesting what what do you think defines historical fiction? Is there a certain cut-off date?
0: Mm, I was going to ask you this, what you We're jumping ahead. I tell you what, I wanted to say to you Mm. before we get too into it is, and obviously you saw it because you sent it to me, but Hamnet won the Women's Prize for Fiction last night.
1: Yes. Stop press. We've got more important things to talk about straight away. The Women's Prize for Fiction. Did you see it coming? You loved it. You loved loved Hamnet.
0: I don't think I'd read anything else on the shortlist, so it's. One of those things that I was like, yes, I think it should win, but then equally, I don't know what the other <laughs> books were like. So Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Again, it's mm. historical fiction, and it's very, 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 very good historical fiction. But yeah, I just thought it was brilliant. And a very book of our time, currently, which sounds weird because it's about Shakespeare's son. But yes, mm. the very for this moment in time, I think. So, no, I'm, for that reason, I'm not surprised it's one.
1: Yeah, I wonder if, I do wonder if there was any influence of sort of like subconscious influence yeah, of everything that's been going on um, and the subject matter that it deals with. If there was some sort of, I don't know, what yeah, kind of beautiful symmetry moment yeah. that struck with those that read it. It's about
0: death and grief and a pandemic of sorts and yeah it just felt really timely very 2020 very 2020 (laughs) yeah very 2020 so yeah i'm really pleased that it, it won tell me what you have recently read have you got a recently read to talk about I do have a
1: recently read. My recently read was a very um, was a reread of *The Shadow Sister* by Lucinda Riley, which those who know um, of the series, it's the third in the Seven Sisters series. Have you
0: heard of it? No, but I'm wondering if I've heard of what's her name, your You author. Sorry, Lu, uh, Lucinda Riley. I'm you a may have seen her
1: about. That I'm thinking,
0: have I read one of? Yes, I have. I read <laughs> *The Midnight Rose*. Oh, okay a few years ago. I was like, I recognise that yeah. author's name. She's more like romantic historical fiction, isn't she?
1: Yes, it's, um, this series, I haven't read any of her other stuff. I've only, only came across this series. Um, I was recommended it and I've read the entire series all the way through and I'm rereading the entire series. They're very indulgently easy stories that are just quite nice when you sort of when you want to fill the gaps and i read it on holiday sitting in the garden with a glass of wine it was all quite nice
0: (laughs) yeah i remember (laughs) that That one i read that it was very yeah i enjoyed it it wasn't too deep it was well written it was just something nice to consume yeah
1: Yes, absolutely. So the, this is my favourite one of the series because it deals... It's not fully historical fiction. It's got a historical fiction story woven in. So it's set modern-ish day. Um, not quite present day, but sort of 2008, I think. Um, and it follows these seven sisters based on the the seven sister constellation. And this one follows Star. And it, they have like a rich billionaire adoptive father who's adopted these sisters um, and he's died and then he sort of gives them clues to their origins like to their where they came from stories but it's sort of done in a way of it's not just directly linked to oh by the way this is your mum and dad it takes you much further back than that to a sort of an older story and it's more sort of about the ancestors which is really cool because it's actually very cleverly done but this one the historical story in this book takes you to the lake district and london edwardian london and there's like a Across with Beatrix Potter, and it's a, sort of about a bookshop, and yeah, it just appeals to me immensely. This one it's a very easy, happy read that I thought they're absolutely like holiday reads, I would say, sitting in that the sounds, garden. Sounds good. It Beatrix, is Beatrix Potter yeah. totally selling it to me, and then hmm. it's just, I don't know, it's just sort of it's a bit like watching your favorite TV show again, hmm. it's just a safe. Quite enjoyable. You know what's going to happen. It, like you say, it's not too deep. It's not emotionally taxing. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just quite nice. And actually, the reason I started reading them again is because of everything that's obviously gone down this year. I think did I start? I started the first one in lockdown, and I was like, "This is exactly the kind of book I need to read
0: right now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something so like, like historical fiction, comfort reads. Yeah, absolutely. If you want a comfort read. read that's historical fiction, then
1: yeah. yeah that's Say so she's she's good for that, really good for that, and and also just it like a a good sort of once you get going on them you don't want to put them down like they're quite immersive stories mm, as well. Make want to
0: read read
1: them. I and yeah, and you can and you don't have to follow. You definitely don't have to fo- like read them in the series. They they stand alone
0: on them themselves quite happily cool so this is where my confession comes in <laughs> dun, dun, dun. i think we need like a drum roll <laughs> <laughs> i haven't finished anything since i last recorded whoa i know well that's a lie i did speed listen to north abbey because it was our book club choice and i didn't enjoy it and i listened to it like double speed <laughs> um, so i have finished one but i don't i don't really want to count it basically <laughs> i did you ever play a game called civilization no <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm afraid <used> to, not <laughs> must have been at uni or in school i was obsessed with this game okay oh, civilization Uh-oh. and i only went and bloody bought it for the switch that ben has Uh-oh. and i just didn't stop playing it until i'd won basically you choose a civilization and you can either conquer the world by having a cultural victory or you can you, know, you can have a domination victory if you want to go to war. Oh, and yeah, wow. I just played and played and played and played and played it until I won the damn thing. So I have put it down now. Because you've won, because you've conquered the world. So <laughs> I won. I was like, oh <laughs> for that i can get on with my life um brilliant you've yeah. just been conquering the world in your I've been conquering the world well i haven't i've been defeated a lot <laughs> but finally i've conquered ups the and world and, and <laughs> i can move on with life and i've also just started watching oh. selling sunset and i just shouldn't have started oh, because <laughs> i can't stop so last night rather than reading i sat there watching completely mindless Hi fake drama tv
1: it's okay
0: we don't judge this is a safe space i mean you do <laughs> <laughs> but just you know for our listeners when they think that we read so much we're such amazing readers and we must never have reading slumps that is my confession to you this big fat reality check right there so i don't even have a current read to talk about because they're the same ones i was currently reading last time <laughs>
1: So do you feel better now, like you've got that off your chest, that you've conquered the world and sold some I sunset? I feel relieved,
0: otherwise I think I'd still be there. Let's, let's not talk about that anymore. The deep, dark, <laughs> a cold <reality>. <laughs> Moving swiftly on.
1: Swiftly um, on. A book that I think you are really going to love because it's just really different. I didn't really know what to expect from it and I've actually taken my time with it because it's a really, really good and really different. And guess what? it's historical fiction
0: <laughs> <laughs> never
1: <laughs> honestly I don't think I I don't think I read anything modern this has got modern day in it and then it's reflecting on the past that's actually mm-hmm. a setup that I've realized I read quite a lot this the my current read and I think I'm about 80% the way through uh, is the Island of sea Women by Lisa C um
0: and no way you're talking about Lisa C right carry oh, right. on
1: in a good way in a bad way <laughs> in a good
0: way carry okay. on um, you'll find so, out in a bit
1: <laughs> oh okay um oh i know i know why i know no spoilers <laughs> um, <laughs> so this one is um it's set on the korean island of jeju so it's a story of oh it really follows the story of young Suk who is a diver and it's based on this sort of matriarchal society on this island that the women go out and dive for um seafood and and all the different like octopuses and etc um and they provide for the families then they sell what they capture and the whole society is based on women being at the top which is super interesting that's what kind of drew me in, and then the fathers stay at home and take care of the children. So it's it starts present day, and she's sort of reflecting on things, and then it goes back to her sort of origin story, and it takes you through the Japanese occupation, World War Two. Uh, the Korean War, uh, all the way up to modern day. And it's about her relationship and friendship with a lady called Mi Ja. And obviously, like, something, a schism happens along the way and sort of family and all, all sort of the emotions and that come with war and, and the testing of friendships. And, and, and But it's just so good.
0: I like Lisa C. Yeah. Um, I've never heard I of her. I will leave it at that for now ah well <laughs> aren't you in for a treat oh for a i'm while? glad no that's really cool <laughs> no i'm really glad have you read this book that's really funny no i haven't yeah. i haven't heard of this one yeah. i haven't i will talk to talk to you about lisa scene in a little while mm. but i haven't kept up with her her releases recently wow yeah wow this seems like a good opportunity to dive, huh, dive. into uh historical fiction you asked me a question, didn't you? You asked me what I would consider historical fiction. Back in the day, <laughs> I think I always thought that historical fiction was your Philippa Gregory-type books about the Tudors, <laughs> Yeah. And I used to I used to love those. I've read quite a lot of them. Mm. Uh, they're the sort of books that I... I went through a lull in reading after A-levels. Yeah. And while I was at uni, I probably didn't pick up A book, other than a textbook, and they were the first sort of books that I really started reading a lot of when Mm. I picked up books again. That is always what I thought historical fiction was. Yeah, fair. I don't know. That's if you ask me what historical fiction was, that is what I would name is like Philip (laughs) Gregory books. (laughs) However, the more I've read, the more I kind of realise that actually it's just a book set in any kind of historical time period. Yeah, I don't know where my cut off date is. I mean, really, I guess it should be anything written in the past, but I don't know that I'd consider a 90s setting as historical fiction.
1: Yeah, I think my... 80s, my, maybe. <laughs> I think my cut-off would be I was born in 91, so it's almost oh, like... God. Which I think... Sorry. So um, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> apologise for being born. Yeah, I... But, yeah, I thought maybe anything... That was written before I was born is a good yeah. personal boundary.
0: <laughs> I yeah, know. I suppose. Yeah, maybe that's why I think that. Mm, yeah, I was born in the eighties. Maybe I won't say when. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe I think the seventies is. Yeah. Because it's a time period that I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think probably I probably. I mean, my eldest. Yeah, my brothers are all born in the eighties. So I again, in a way, even though I wasn't around, it still feels too soon.
0: I guess anything that you've probably lived through and experienced will yeah. feel contemporary. So what is it that you what is it that you like about historical fiction? So, for me,
1: so the, there's a particular period of history that I love reading stories for. I mean, I read all all time periods but my particular favourite is sort of World War One, World War II stories. I think there's a lot that just went on there's still a lot to process there's still a lot of stories to be told especially globally. I mean it was super interesting reading the Island of Sea Women and hearing and seeing the Korean side. Obviously this lady's point of view. You know I just there's an element of, of things
0: to be learned if that makes sense mm, from it. Yeah I was going to say like learning like you, you can't really read a historical fiction book and not learn something
1: it is fiction and i always remember that and it you must always remember that but i think what's amazing is that now probably uh, now i've read this book i'll probably end up actually researching it properly i think mm, that's also yeah. what i love about historical
0: fiction it's a very it's a very consumable enjoyable way yes. of learning yeah. isn't it yeah that you don't necessarily get through reading a textbook. we're just going to talk through not necessarily our favorites although I have got a list of some of my favorites but I feel like same we've probably mm, 100% definitely talked about them before on here <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to talk about the ones that either i read a long time ago so you will have to forgive me if i don't (laughs) remember lots of detail or ones that i think are slightly different from what people might again assume what historical fiction is so my first one is the island at the end of everything by and i think you say her name kieran is she kieran millwood hargreave apologies if that isn't how you pronounce the name but kieran millwood hargreave who wrote the mercies which is an adult novel but this one is one of her middle grade novels i never know what middle grade is <laughs> it's middle grade like primary school
1: oh no oh is it junior grade
0: always is for, junior it's very american
1: isn't it Yeah, I literally have no idea what it means. No, and
0: it's American terminology that's very much been picked up in the book world in the UK, but therefore I still don't know what (laughs) what age that means it's aimed at. Like primary age, like 7 plus maybe? 7 to 12? Uh, It's 8, yeah, about 8 to 12, and then young adult, we'd say 13 to 18. Yeah, an adult secondary school. <laughs> this is how I do things in my head. It's about a girl who lives on an island, which is which was one of the uh, leprosy colonies. Ooh. So I think this one might be set in the... Oh, bloody hell. This one might be set in the Philippines, but I might have... That's cool. Again. Made that up. You'll understand why I'm getting confused about setting in a minute. But yeah, I think maybe the philippines (laughs) if if you've never kind of done this in history or you've never read about this historical time period people with leprosy were sent off to islands basically to go and live by themselves and just infect each other and you know sod what their family situations were like that's that's what they did with people that had leprosy and This book is about a girl who lives on one of these islands with her mum, but she is not one of the touched, so she doesn't have leprosy. So what happens in the book is that they gather up all the children that don't have leprosy, which kind of shows it probably wasn't as contagious as we might think it is, Mm. and they take them away, so she gets separated from her mum along with a load of other children, and the book is sort of her trying to escape. It's not an orphanage. It probably has a proper name in the book, and it's run by this evil man, and they're trying to escape, and she's trying to get back to her mother before she dies of leprosy, and that is the story, and it's very, very good. She's a very good writer. I remember thinking at the time how brilliant she was at capturing such vivid imagery through a child narrator because child narrators do quite often just annoy me but she was really really good and amazing at capturing the innocence of a child mm. and how a child would think without it being irritating okay and i've i've picked out a quote this is i picked it out in my review at the time he walks like a marionette picking his feet up high then sits on one of the chairs headstring pulled taut and i just thought mm. That was really lovely, and yeah. yeah, how a child would think. Yep. But just without being too much. So it's, it's really good. It was we read it as a book club read, and there was loads and loads and loads to talk about. You know, there's a lot of themes in it. It deals with prejudice and segregation and family and friendship, love, death, all those sort of things. So it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Yeah. And. A book that I read a very, I'm cheating, because I won't talk about this one too much, (laughs) but a book that I read a really long time ago by um, an adult, it's an adult historical fiction, Mm. it's called Malokai by Alan Brennett. Brennett? Let me just, if I Google, if I go in Goodreads and look this book up, you know in Goodreads if a book's part of a series it numbers them? yes. So it does number this one number one, which must mean there's a sequel. Oh um, it's interesting. called Malochi, and that's set in Hawaii. That's why I'm getting a little bit confused as to where uh, the end, right, yeah. at the end of everything is set. That one's set in Hawaii and it's adult fiction. But it's the same sort of it's exactly the same sort of setting that is set on one of these um, God, I hate calling them leper colonies, but that's what they were called. Yeah. And interesting. It's, yeah. Very, very good. I can't remember if that one's about them trying to escape as well, but I'm pretty sure she suffers with leprosy. Like, yeah, I that mean one.
1: I didn't know that. So I mean that's what I yeah, that's why I like them so much because it's just thing it's things that went on that yeah, unless you read the entire history of the
0: world, you'd never really come across it. But it's such mm, a yeah. easy way to learn. So that yeah, that one is adult fiction, although it's about a young child. Yeah, and she has one day, a rose-coloured mark appears on her skin, and those dreams are stolen from her, taken from her home and family. She's sent to Kalaupapa, the quarantined leprosy settlement on the island of Molokai. But I very mm. vaguely remember them, like, hiking through mountains and stuff, so I think it's the same sort of thing that they're... Maybe that was just a colony rather than a separate island, so I feel like they try and get back somewhere as well. Yeah, so that's yes, interesting. Um, the island at the end of everything is obviously very easy Read him because it's it's middle grade, but Malokai is is not, and mm. yeah, it's very very good from memory. Nice, I did read it a long time ago, but I, I own it.
1: <laughs> I should really pick it up again. So my first one is a slightly, it's one of my favourite books. It's not a traditional novel, um, it is the Diary of a Provincial Lady by E. M. Delafield. Oh. Um, I and you
0: picked this one. Have,
1: yeah, have you got the Virago modern mm-hmm, classic? I have. Oh, it's so pretty. Mine is so beautiful. The audio book of this is very good too. Is it? Oh, mm. I might have to give that a go. Um, yeah, i I've read this book ugh, countless times, and sometimes I just dip in and out of it. So it's a fictional diary of a I think you would call her a disaster prone lady of the 1930s <laughs> um, and it, it is just so well written it is just really really funny and I'm very relatable actually I mean obviously I'm not a lady in the 1930s but there's one bit that always sticks in my mind that when I first read it when I was a student I think and it was something like oh I just I bought a couple of new dresses, definitely gone into the overdraft. Oh, well, moving on. <laughs> and I was like, that is hilarious. That is exactly what I was uh, doing uh, at the age 18 when I wanted a new frock for another uh, nightclub outing. But yeah, no, I, I just absolutely love it. And I, I, it it just is really wonderful. Again, just super easy to read. I, it's it's just immensely enjoyable and very funny. Um, and... It was originally done. I think she wrote it for a, a newspaper. Um, mm,
0: yeah, something like that, wasn't it? it was yeah. Like a, she was asked to, not a column.
1: Yeah, she was asked to write something, and this is what she came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of, I guess, in a way, it's almost what Downton Abbey was trying to do. And it's not in a Downton Abbey is not a comedy, but it show the day-to-day life of you know the olden times um but this is much better um and i'm just going to read a bit because i think there's the lady b who is this absolutely hilarious obviously quite posh uh lady that pops up a lot um, to remind our narrator that she's doing basically everything wrong <laughs> Uh, and yeah it really it makes me laugh a lot do i realize says lady b that the cold habit is entirely unnecessary and can be avoided by giving the child a nasal douche of salt and water every morning before breakfast think of several rather tart and witty rejoinders to this but unfortunately not until lady b's bentley has taken her
0: away (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember really enjoying it
1: Yeah, it's sort of laugh out loud, sniggering into your book, kind of funny. Like, we've all been in those moments where we think of a really great comeback after
0: the situation has happened. Yeah,
1: Uh, or when you're, like,
0: retelling the story to someone
1: else. (laughs) Yeah, I should have said it this way. Um, But yeah, it's just a really enjoyable, it's a really different, like, I I quite like diaries because, I know know it's a fictional one, but they're quite... uh, interesting insight into that sort of everyday life and it's the everyday life of the 1930s which i really enjoyed have you read
0: bridget jones's diary no i haven't actually so it, remind, it reminded me of bridget jones's diary just like oh. a 1930s version. <laughs> um, posh, <laughs> posh lady version posh
1: lady version <laughs> and, um, i love that
0: yeah ah, there you go. they're very very similar okay. in tone like you probably get from the film actually bridget jones yeah but, in tone and humor. Yes. They are quite similar. Okay, yeah. And um I'm looking at I actually reviewed this one, believe it or not, Whoa. on Goodreads. Uh, what have I said? I love the dry British wit used by the author E.M. Delafield, an upper class country lady who battles with the everyday woes of the gentry, such as Cook's defiance over providing a picnic for ten, and Helen Wills, the rampant cat. Oh yes. I don't remember the rampant cat. Oh, he a very rampant cat, which always makes me laugh. (laughs) She also spends most of her time at the pawnbrokers. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. now I remember really, really loving that. It's, and I also have the audiobook, so it's a it's a nice one to re-listen to. It's one that I re-listened to actually at the beginning of Lockdown. Oh, it's nice. just quite a nice comfort.
1: Yeah, and Jillie Cooper read.
0: um wrote the introduction for this edition, which
1: is, you know, Jillie Cooper is great, so <laughs> she's
0: a funny lady. My second book is Snowflower in the Secret Fan by Lisa C. <gasps> We know So her. me and Sarah <laughs> did not discuss the books we were going to talk about, so not this is really funny that you happened to be reading the book by yeah, her. Yeah,
1: that's so
0: funny. There aren't many, f- I can never really pick my favourite books. If you ask me to name them, I'm never very good at it, mm. but if you forced me, this would be one of them. And okay. it's one of those books I'm a little bit scared to read again, because <laughs> I read it probably about ten years ago. And I'm worried that I feel this way about The Book Thief as well, because that's another one uh, that I think as is, is a favourite. Yeah. she's also historical fiction. Um, I'm a little bit scared to reread it in case it isn't as good as I think Ooh. it was. <laughs> um, but Snowflower and the Secret Fan is... So it's set in 19th century China. It's about a girl named Lily. And she's so... She is paired with a girl called Snowflower... And that pairing is the, it's like a it's called a laotong, I think yep. that's how you say it. And it's almost like a pairing for life, a bit like people when they're um, what's it called when your husband or wife is chosen for you? Arranged marriage. Yeah, an arranged marriage. It's a bit like an arranged friendship. friendship? Cool. <laughs> um, and she receives a fan from Snowflower and it has this secret language so they talk nushu which is a language that Chinese women created to, to talk behind men's back basically yeah, <laughs> talk course. behind men's backs aren't we clever yeah <laughs> um, and they communicate back and forth in this secret language and I can't I've read it such a long time ago that I really can't remember an awful lot about it but I mean you've probably even well, if I tell you this now, you'll realise that Lisa C. kind of writes lots of books about female friendships. That's yeah, quite a theme that runs throughout her books. And I remember loving this book, but the thing I can really remember is the scenes about foot binding. Mm. So I think, again, this is a book I picked up. I was kind of fascinated with Chinese history. I went through a real, must have been in my early 20s, a real period of being absolutely fascinated with Chinese history and just kind of reading Chinese historical fiction book set in China. And it was the first time I'd ever even heard of foot binding and the practice Mm. of foot binding. And I remember the scenes in it being... They probably weren't gruesome. I doubt she writes particularly. I think they were probably fairly vivid and detailed. And that's the bit that really stuck with me. Yeah, Um, But she's just... She's a really great writer and i've also read peony in love by her which not great great titles this is testing yeah they're quite um how would you describe they sound like they'll end up being a bit historical romance (laughs) yeah they do don't they yeah they say it but Um, they sound a little bit trashy so peony in love now i am doing this totally from memory because i haven't looked back to get a kind of um synopsis for you but peony in love i think was based on i think the main character is called peony she's obsessed with one of their famous operas Mm -hmm. and i just vaguely i think don't think this is a spoiler she dies quite early on in it i can't remember what they describe it as but with a modern day understanding it's based she dies of anorexia basically that one she's like a ghost in the second half from what i remember but she's just she must do an awful awful lot of research because her books just are so full of you can really picture being there and she's writing about she's you know 19th century china she's writing about a long time ago long yeah very kind of traditional practices and
1: and very particular like you can't make that up
0: really particular no you can't and but it's so it's so well done Mm. and when we were talking about enjoying learning through historical fiction yeah this is a really really good example of that is if you want to learn about traditional chinese practices yeah you know things like foot binding which to us just seem would seem absolutely appalling that you'd ever put anybody through that yeah i mean i suppose it's the modern modern day equivalent is probably people getting bigger boobs and (laughs) smaller noses and that kind of thing (laughs) But it really was done for men because men liked smaller feet. So they would essentially yeah. just keep binding their feet until they were smaller and smaller and, like, proper crunch their toes back on them. Like, it was Gosh, horrible. yeah. And... But it was... Yeah, it what ha- It's what happened. And it's... It's what's happened. And I don't think it... I mean... Do they still do it? I, I think. I don't know if they still do it, but I think there's, there, there will be... They're probably very, very old, but there'll be women that are still alive That, that have... Have bound feet, feet. yeah. So that's... it's not that really, yes, it, it's a long time ago, but it's not like ancient history. So, mm. yes. Interesting. C., I haven't read her stuff for a long time, but I remember really, really enjoying her, and I need to pick up some of her new releases.
1: So my second series, uh, my second series? My second choice is another series. It's called, it's the John Madden series by Rennie Aris and the first book is the river of darkness now these are violent <laughs> um grizzly <laughs> murder not murder oh, mysteries um they are really 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 good um, and i actually doing research for this earlier today i found out there's another there's a new one which i had no idea um that was released earlier this year i thought that um the author had finished them uh, on number five. There's five books. Um and it starts after World War yeah, it starts after World War One, so about the nineteen twenties. Um and it goes all the way I think the last one is sort of just before World War Two. Um but they are dark, grisly murder books. <laughs> Um, The first book, The River of Darkness, came out in 1999. I really rate them in terms of story. Really good. Like, if you like murder mysteries, then they're much grittier, much darker, much more violent than your Agatha Christie's. But they're not gratuitous. They're just very well written and... And, oh, and it's the idea of psychopaths, but obviously that wasn't really known in that sort of time. There wasn't really the terminology. Mm. But yeah, I thoroughly recommend if you like a good sort of psychological, or not really psychological. Well, there is some psychology in there. a good sort of page turning thriller, but quite. I I have to absolutely say that they are quite violent. I personally it doesn't bother me, but I know some people that even though they love a sort of murder mystery probably wouldn't enjoy them don't like
0: grizzly murder
1: yeah Yeah. so they
0: sound really good
1: yeah i mean i i really enjoy them (laughs) so i don't know what that says about my character
0: Have a bit of brutality (laughs) here (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: i think it's just because it's well written Mm. it's it's not over the top it's not silly it's cleverly done and and also you get chapters from the point of view of the killer um you don't necessarily get sort of oh, names and stuff but yeah again it's, it's, it just really was it i felt like i was reading something new within that genre of crime fiction
0: and it's also historical so it ticks a lot of lots and lots of boxes <laughs> so my third book i read last year so this is more recent <laughs> will i remember any more details very doubtful <laughs> probably not <laughs> it is again this is a series it's interesting that we're picking ones that are kind of um from series uh, it is called a natural history of dragons by Ooh. marie brennan okay so interestingly obviously dragons well are they real aren't they real who knows i think most people would say they aren't <laughs> so <Sorry. laughs> this book is is a fantasy book but it's written very much like it's historical fiction so okay. It's about a lady, Isabella, Lady Trent, who is a prominent dragon naturalist. Wow. So she, the, the story is her going on this, it's not called a study trip. <laughs> She's going on like a trip with the men and she has to really convince them that she, as a woman, that she should go to go and do a, I guess, a scientific study yeah. of dragons. And it's just i think i picked it up in the library because i'd seen it a lot yeah front cover is is of a dragon but like one of those it's like uh, a what do they call them anatomical anatomical drawing half of it is skeleton and bones and yeah part of it's like muscles and stuff like you would find in a natural history type yeah that's it's very clever actually yeah that's what drew me to it and it's just really it's really really good it gets a little bit dramatic towards the end like the plot is i prefer the first two-thirds of it which is very much kind of there as if it is a real moment in time yeah following her and her life as this naturalist and the journey to where they almost feels like it's set in somewhere like iceland i think it's I think it's a made-up place. Yeah. But that's the sort of place they go to, and it's very... Um, the sense of place in it is really, really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. It's right up my street. It gets a little bit plot-driven towards the end. Okay. But, which makes it good fun. Yeah. It then does made me realise that that's why it's part of a series. But yeah, I I really, really enjoyed it. And I do recommend that one to people perhaps who say that they don't read fantasy or that they don't like fantasy, because I'd probably count myself with it. I haven't read any fantasy for donkey's years. Yeah. But that I really loved.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd not heard of it. And um, I think, yeah, if you were to try and maybe get someone to read a book about dragons without
0: selling them Game of Thrones. That doesn't like fantasy and doesn't like dragons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they like historical fiction.
1: Yeah, it sounds interesting. And this is
0: really great. Mm. You'd read it thinking, this is real.
1: Ooh, okay. I love a book book that manages to
0: convince you that, oh, there might be dragons. Yeah, it just feels like a real moment in time that they're talking about. Oh, I like that. And you can imagine, I feel like it's set in probably Victorian period type thing when there is real curiosity about the world anyway. Yeah. That's the time period it feels like it's set in... Wow. Where women weren't particularly allowed to... Yeah. You know, they were meant to stay at home. Yeah. And... And do the washing. Yeah, she was one of the pioneers that... Yeah, that's what it feels like, that she's one of the pioneers that wants to go out with the men and do the scientific work. Worth giving a go if you want something a little bit different, but they won't push you too far out of your comfort zone.
1: So my third one is slightly cheating one, because it falls into that category of it's got a modern story and a historical fiction story what sort of interwoven the reason i bring it up because without sort of repeating because and we i think we'll definitely do some honorable mentions cuz the reason i chose it is because I definitely recommend it, but I don't think I've recommended it on the podcast yet. I wanted just, like, a bit like the book you've just talked about, something just a little bit different. And this one is called Delicious by Ruth Reichel, who, yeah, interesting. So she, uh, her job was, I don't know if it's still to this day, because I think she does writing, she was a food critic. And her memoirs and her books about being a food critic are really great, and I thoroughly recommend to anyone who's vaguely interested in food. This book is just heaven it is a perfect oh morsel of novel and i mean i love food like i really love food i'm into my food in a big way so a book that's like historical fiction and about food I'm, yeah, I am very sold. And I think I, I randomly came across this. I can't remember why. But basically the story is of a young girl who gets a job at Delicious. Uh, it's supposed to be the most iconic food magazine in New York. and then But then it's shut down and she has to consolidate the office and recipe inquiries that they do, that they've always done in the history of the magazine, and be the sort of public relations person for that and it's like a she's working in an empty office and that sort of that's the setup and then she comes across these letters and the library of the magazine and and it's just oh it's it's so good <laughs> i'm getting excited and um, but she comes across the letters of a character called lulu swan who is who started writing to a famous chef during world war Two, and it's the idea that of what you can do with the rations and the weird stuff that you could get hold of and when sugar wasn't around and whilst telling the story of World War Two through food, etc. And it's, it's probably like a slightly cheesy ending, but it's kind of by and by it's a it's quite a, forgive a, it by that point. yeah exactly but just the way that she takes you around the streets of new york about food you know how important food was during a wartime, the comfort it can bring you know bringing people together i i love that anyway about food i think that's absolutely an incredible um an incredible thing that you can achieve with food and i just love the how the story is woven obviously around food but how yeah the kind of connections it can make and the friendships and relationships that you can develop, and it's just a really nice way of, yeah. Maybe if you're not completely sold on historical fiction, it it gives you sort of the best of both worlds with sort of a slightly a, a more contemporary setting with a historical element to it. It's probably a good way to ease yourself into historical fiction, mm. and is about food, so you should read it if you like
0: food. <laughs> that sounds great. The yeah, who would love it is Alice. And who might potentially hate it is Sarah. Sarah, yeah, (laughs)
1: absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to Sarah Kay. There's something definitely really comforting about a lot of the historical fiction I've read. And part of the reason I read is sort of as a, you know, escapism. So they definitely fit that
0: criteria yeah and i think especially with food for me food can be because i I wouldn't call i'm not a foodie definitely but i am a cook and Mm. i think food's one of those things that can be so evocative in terms of memories yeah i can always remember the first time i've tried something or who i was with or it's a bit like music has that effect on some people but yeah i know exactly kind of what you're saying is that for me food does yeah no i I, i'm the same i can still picture i mean my My mum and dad separated when I was about nine. But I can still remember the lasagna that my dad used to make. Oh, yeah. Like, really, really well. Obviously, it can have the opposite effect as well. Yeah, of course. It can bring up memories in the opposite way. But there's something really comforting Mm -hmm. for me about food. So definitely this one sounds sounds really good shall we do some honourable mentions i have i've got a few listed yeah same yeah we'll just name these and what i'll do is i'll link the episodes that we've discussed them properly and
1: yeah so my honourable mentions are the Casale chronicles by elizabeth jane howard homegoing by yar yassi 84 charing cross road by helen hanth life after life and godded ruins by kate atkinson the Nightingale by Kristen Hannah, which is one of my all-time favorites. Rules of Civility and Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Towles, and I would finish off with Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel.
0: Cool. So my honorable mentions are Sweet Frances by Irene Nemirovsky, Bird Cottage by Eva Meyer, Atonement by Ian McEwan, Burial Rights by Hannah Kent, and then, although I might have poo-pooed Tip in the Velvet by Sarah Waters. <laughs> I very much enjoyed some of her other books, so the Night Watch, which is set around World War Two, I think. Mm. Uh, I think I was only really going to say the Night Watch. Nice. <laughs> only because that one I can remember has a very significant time period. So for a book that's slightly different about World War Two, mm. that's a good one. Fab. I will. I will dig out. I will try and dig out the episodes where we've talked about those books in detail. And link them up in the show notes. That's it i hope that was helpful hopefully we've covered some books that people might not have heard of hopefully hopefully something new in there for people
1: yeah i mean if you love historical fiction and we've got some recommendations that maybe we haven't heard of then please do you know leave us a note we are always open for recommendations despite our to be read piles being extremely large (laughs) and thank you for listening yes thank you for listening Bye 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 bye